the Christ in the book of Acts. And the theme I'm speaking this morning about is a kneeling martyr. A kneeling martyr. And uh, we're going to read the scripture from Acts chapter 7, the verses 54 to 60. Acts 7, 54 to 60. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing up at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him, and the witness laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as, they call, as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to come together this morning in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all those who went before us, those who were martyrs, just because they believed in you and they didn't want to give up their faith in Jesus, in you. And I thank you this morning that you will draw us close to you, Lord Jesus, and let us understand this situation as Stephen gave his life for a testimony that he believed in you. I thank you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, give grace to speak your word, give grace to listen to your word, and give grace to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. A kneeling martyr. Now the first martyr was not an apostle. It was a, just a simple deacon. You would think the apostles who were always strong and were always first man on board, that these men were perhaps were the first to be martyred for Jesus. No, it was a very, very simple man. His name was Stephen. And if you go into the Greek, we understand his name was Stephanos. And Stephanos means actually a wreath of victory. So he had a wonderful victory actually. And this young man, Stephen, he gave his life for this cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now deacons are allowed to preach. Amen? Hallelujah. If there is a deacon here this morning, and we have a few deacons, deacons, you are allowed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just one thing, make sure you are full of the Holy Spirit, as Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, and he preached the word of God. 
I'd rather have a church full of Holy Spirit-filled deacons than hundreds of elders, that means bearded ones, who have mainly one concern of their title, I am an elder. I'm an elder, don't touch me. No, no. No, it is so important for us that everybody, and here we read and understand that these seven deacons were full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen's ministry started with opposition, as we can read it in Acts chapter 6, the verses 8 down to 10. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. But some men from the, what was called the synagogue of the freedmen, including Sinesians, Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and argued with Stephen. But they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God convicted the people. They couldn't say anything against him. He was so strong in the Word of God. And we can read that he was debating and actually people couldn't say anything against him. If you have the word of God in your heart, you don't have to worry anything. You will be a conqueror in the name of Jesus. Now, I think I explained it on the 26th of November. Do you remember that service I preached on the 26th of November? I explained to you where, who were these people, the so-called freed men. And I uh, explained it a little bit. And these were Jews which were in the year 63 before Christ being kept captive uh, to Rome and uh, it was Caesar uh, Pompeius. He conquered Jerusalem and took many, many Jews to Rome and sell, uh, sold them at the slave market. Now they were slaves in Rome. But somehow, some of them were freed and could uh, be freed. Either they were being let free or, I don't know, perhaps they had to pay a price, whatsoever. Now, these people came back to Jerusalem. Now, they, they were now in Jerusalem and they started their own little synagogue. Now, this synagogue was not in Hebrew. It was a synagogue where they spoke Greek. Now, any Greek could go there and could understand what they were preaching there and saying. Now, also, they didn't have the Old Testament in Hebrew, but then there was already a translation available, the Old Testament being translated into Greek, and that Bible is being called Septuagint. That means this Bible or this Old Testament was translated by 70 uh, Hellenistic scholars and that's why this translation was called Septuagint. And 
It was done by 70 people, I said, and everything was Greek there. Now, and Stephen had a hardship. These people started to debate with him and argue with him. They perhaps wanted to argue about Jesus. Is Jesus really the Messiah? Is Jesus really the one you're proclaiming, Stephen? Stephen, and yes, he is. Stephen defended himself. Now we know there was a little bit of a problem. People were against him and the council came together and all these were actually um, having Stephen to uh, speak about and to, to defend his faith in Jesus Christ. Now, he didn't have it easy. There were all these people uh, from the from the council, and they asked some questions. And one thing is important, the word of God is always our best weapon to defend. If you don't know the word of God, you have got nothing in your hand. And it's important. Jesus, he himself uh, defended himself against Satan. And he said, it, it is written. It is written. And therefore, Satan had nothing to say. And if you can say it is written, then you will have a victory in your life. Read the word of God and let it be planted into your hand, into your heart. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Take it with you. And we know Stephen, he was defending his faith in Jesus. Interesting, you can read the chapter 7. It's a real shortcut, actually, of the Old Testament. Starting at the calling of Abraham till Jesus Christ. And if you want to read the Bible or the Old Testament in a short version... Read it in Acts chapter 7. And Stephen goes through all the history of Israel. And then he said, now you. And that was the hardest, what they couldn't understand. Stephen knew the history of Israel. As I said, from the calling of Abraham to the coming of Jesus. Some of the last words he concluded his defense with was this here. Verse 51. You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. And he said it very clearly. It's not you, that you couldn't know who Jesus was. I showed you in everything I, I told you. And now there's one problem. You are in your hearts, you are stiff-necked. You just don't want to believe. And you're always resisting the Holy Spirit. 
You know what it means, resisting the Holy Spirit? That means one day there will be no grace any longer available for you. You might become stiff-necked against God, against the Holy Spirit. If you look into the life of David, David pleaded for the Holy Spirit in Psalm 51. And we sing sometimes this chorus, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. You know, a good church has one danger, and if you attend a good church, the danger is this, you hear the word of God. You sense the spirit of move of God moving in your heart. But you are just stiff-necked. God calls you to give your life and everything over to Jesus. But you just don't want to do it. You know what it means? God may take away the Holy Spirit from you. And David knew even he sinned. And we know his sin with Bathsheba. And we know exactly that um, Nathan told him, you are the man. And David understood this. And he said, take please, take not your Holy Spirit from me. If God is taking his Holy Spirit away from me, or if he was taking away the Spirit from David, that means there is no more chance for you. It's the Spirit of God who is convicting people. Without the Spirit of God, you can't come to Jesus. It's a great error. People sometimes think, you can, you can always come to Jesus. Jesus has always opened up his arms. So to, at any time, you could come. No. The Bible says very clearly, no one can come to the Father unless or to the Son, unless the Father is drawing him, unless the Spirit of God is wooing in your life. you know what it means, wooing? When the Spirit of God is wooing in our lives, you understand very clearly, this is the day God is speaking to me, and now, and now I hear the Word of God. And the Bible says clearly, today when you hear this, the voice of God, do not Harden your heart. And that's a danger if the Spirit of God is moving away. David, in other words, said, You can do anything with me, O God, but do not take thy Holy Spirit away from me. A question I want to put it this morning is this when have you last sensed the spirit of God moving in your heart and wooing you wooing you come give everything to me I want you Now, Stephen said to these people, you are stiff-necked. 
I showed you the whole history in the Bible. God called you through Abraham and till Jesus, everything is there. But you were stiff-necked and you didn't want to hear it. I heard about a story in Norway. Anybody has been in Norway already? Anybody here? Yeah, here. So, what is the special thing in Norway? Everybody talks about it. What is it? The fjords. Yes, yes. I haven't been there, but I've seen pictures of it. And uh, these fjords are beautiful. And now, a fjord is actually a narrow, narrow valley. And in the middle, down there, is the sea. And on the left and right side are the rocks. And they are special seabirds. They lay their eggs on uh, somewhere in the cliff, uh, cliff of uh, the rocks. There might be somewhere a ledge and a rock, a little plateau where these seabirds laying the eggs. And Norwegians, hunters, they are after these birds. But how to get there in a height of perhaps 100 meters or even more, I don't know, how to get there? And there's usually a, a rock hanging over, a hanging rock, and there, back on the ledge, there are the birds secure. They're not dumb. They know it's almost impossible for anybody to get there. And that's what they do. But the Norwegian hunters of these eggs, seabirds' eggs, they have found a, a trick. And they go onto the rock and um, they tie somehow their rope on the top of the rock that is hanging over, and then they do upsailing to the level of the ledge, and then they're swinging, and then they swing onto the ledge. But there's one thing that's in their mind that never could happen and never should happen, <coughs> and it's this. They always think about when you're swinging and you're just ready to jump off onto the ledge there, you mustn't forget your rope. Don't let the rope go. Don't let it go. That's in their mind engraved so that they hold the rope. But if they would let go with the rope, the rope would go back and come vertical and then no longer to be able to reach the rope to get up again. And that's what it is the Bible says very clearly. Do not let it go. Don't let the Spirit of God go when He is moving in your life. Respond to him. Say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. 
That was, would be the most horrible thing. Jump off onto the ledge and having let go the rope. How will this person get up again? Impossible. Therefore, if you hear the voice of God, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. Don't let it go. Don't let the Spirit of God pass by you and say, another time. No, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day. This is the chance for everyone. And for those especially who never responded to Jesus. Stephen said, you always resisted against the Spirit of God. How long can a person resist against the Holy Spirit? You always resisted against the Spirit of God. Now when they heard this, they got angry. And they ran all towards Stephen. They took him and let him out the city. Now, perhaps we might have a wrong idea of stoning, how stoning was being done. It's not somebody who should be stoned who was standing there against the wall and everybody took a nice pebble and threw it against him. No. Stoning was a cruel, cruel death. Being stoned was the most horrible thing you could think of. You remember Jesus when he was in Nazareth? And he preached in Nazareth, and he got angry, the service got sour, and he was angry, were angry against Jesus, and he took him and led him to the brow of the city. What was it? The brow of the city, there was a cliff, perhaps 20, 30, 40 meters down. They, was, they were supposed to lead Jesus to the edge and then push him off. That's what happened at stoning. The sentence was being read. The executor, who it was, would push this man over the edge. And he fell down. Now many, many of his bones were already broken when he landed down there where stones were. And then all those who were executing took stones like boulders, like a football, that big perhaps. And then they took them and threw them down onto this person whose bones were broken anyway. He couldn't run away until he was dead. Now Stephen's last minutes were these. 
He said, I see Jesus standing next to the Father in heaven. And as he was breaking together under the heavy weight of these little boulders, he prayed, Father, Father, take my spirit. Take my spirit. And then he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. What do you see here? What do you see here? Like Jesus, his master, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. Father, do not hold this sin against them. And then he fell asleep. This Stephen, in spite of broken bones, was able to kneel. The Bible says he knelt down. He knelt down and prayed this prayer for the persecutors. Hallelujah. And we find in Revelation, I think, chapter 6, an altar. And there were the souls of the martyrs underneath the altar. Stephen was added on that day to these souls who gave their life to Jesus. For Jesus, hallelujah. Somebody has got a telephone here. And I don't know who it was, who it is. Take it and go out and answer it. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. This man, this simple deacon, a mighty, mighty hero in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. And Lord, I thank you that you will work through this word in our hearts. And Lord, that we always remember that we never ever might harden our hearts against you as Israel did. And here in the hardness of the hearts, Lord, they judged a servant of yours and killed him. Oh Lord, I pray that we all might understand when your spirit is working that you might not resist the Spirit of God in any way, Lord, that we really might respond to your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.